When the phone rang in her house, anybody might pick it up, including her. So that was my step one. My step one was to call her house, hoping that she would pick up. Now, we were in the same singles Bible study at the time. So the reality was, that's really all I had in common with her. I had never really talked to her. I was super nervous, super intimidated. I called the house, and she picks up first time. Let's be honest. There's no good Christian pickup lines. Okay? So I'm on the phone with her. I'm super nervous. I'm like, hey, girl. I saw you at that Bible study. You like Bibles? I like big Bibles. I cannot lie. Anyway, did not. No, don't. Please don't clap for that. That's a terrible joke. That's not what I said. Actually, what I no, please. I actually just said I went right to the chase. I said, I'm going to go ahead and ask her out. Now, in my head, I had this big, grandiose idea of how I was going to ask her out because I started talking to her and da 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 da. And I'm going right to the chase because I had a plan and I was going to execute that plan. I was in the fight for her love and for her affection. So, in my head, it was going to go a little something like this Hey, would you like to join me on a Saturday and just be impacting some kids for eternity? You could be a world changer. You could just impact these kids. Would you like to do that? Instead, I got so nervous, what came out of my my mouth was, hey, you want to have kids with me on Saturday? <laughs> Flag on the play, 10-yard penalty. I recovered, <laughs> and in spite of that, she said, okay, let's go, and we went, and our first date was ministry. Our actual first date was to go on a Saturday morning and, and speak life into these kids, Okay. And it went great. And it, and it went so good that I was like, you know what? This gives me enough confidence to actually ask her out on a proper date. And so I said, you know what? I would love to take you out. Uh, let's go see Toy Story. Okay, this is how long time ago this was. Let's go see Toy Story. <laughs> totally dated myself there. I don't care. I said, let's go see Toy Story. And so at the time, I'm a broke college kid, okay? I'm, I'm barely making any money. I have very little. I drove a green Honda Civic hatchback that probably was the size of this stage. If you've seen a postage stamp, it was one inch bigger, okay? This car was tiny. But the best thing about this car was all the things that were wrong with this car, because this car had character, okay? This is what we would call back then a hoopty. It was a hoop ride. And I would get in this car, and the panel on the side passenger door had already started curling off. So anytime someone would go for a ride with me, they'd pull the door shut, and it would stab them in the side, okay? But the best part of this car, I was a youth leader at the time, the best part of this car is I would just pack as many teenagers as I could, and I'd take them to McDonald's. And the beauty of this car is that it immediately became a lowrider, okay? I would pack five kids in this car. It would sit so low to the ground, the muffler would get stuck on the ground every time I made a left-hand turn. So I would get all excited. I'd get everybody in the car. I'd make this big left-hand turn. All of a sudden, sparks are shooting out the back of the car. People were constantly pulling up to me next to me like, your car's on fire. I'm like, I know. Thanks, man. This is the car I'm going to pick her up in, okay? This is what I'm working with. I don't have a lot, but what I have, it's, that's it. You know, this is my plan. I'm in the fight. So I pick her up, and I had fixed the door. Good job. Um, I had glasses at the time that were broken, so they only sat on half of my face. The other half was off. And I'm driving, and I'm like, nah, she's going to like me for the way I am. You know what I mean? I got the glasses on my face. I'm like, I'm the, that's it. You like me, broke glasses or not. But I was like, I got to play off the sparks in the car. So I got it revved up. I get super excited. I'm driving down the street. I'm like, yo, check this out. Put this brand new function in the car. And as I made this left-hand turn, big turn, the sparks start shooting. I go, boom, I hit the dash. I'm like, <laughs> she was not impressed. Either way, we go to the movie. We had a great time, okay? We get out of the movie. Now, here's where I went wrong. Fellas, pay attention. This is where I messed up. 
because the night was still young. And I would go back to the car. I said, hey, you know, um, now I just caveat. I grew up in a very hippie family, okay? I grew up in a very hippy-dippy. I called my parents by their first name. We grew food in the back. I had to draw on the walls. My parents were artists. I was taught to be sensitive to women's feelings and to consider what they're into and blah, 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 blah. So I didn't know any better to do this. And instead of having an idea of what I was going to do next, I just said, hey, what do you want to do now? Girls are already like, oh, my goodness. Fellas, can I give you a pro tip right now? There's three things girls want guys to be able to do. Plan, protect, and provide. Okay? Now, you're young. You should not be out there providing for your girlfriend. Okay? Nor do you probably need to protect her. Okay? There's not a lot of wild coyote attacks. But at this age, you can start working on having a plan. Okay? Those are three things that girls are drawn to is men that have a protect, plan, and provide. All the girls are going, yeah, he figured us out. Well, I only figured this out on accident because when I said to her, hey, what do you want to do now? She goes, you can just take me home. I know. I was crushed. I was devastated. I didn't know what to do. I took the longest way home I could possibly find. I'm driving super slow. I got these broke glasses on my face. I got fire car driving down the street. I'm like, I ruined it. The girl I love, the girl that I thought was awesome. She told me to take her home. Come to find out, she just wanted me to have a plan. She wanted me to say, hey, would you like to go get ice cream or would you like to go get coffee? That's the plan, right? Now, this age-old question that, that men will go, my girlfriend or my wife, she doesn't know what she wants to eat. No, dude, you got to have a plan, man. When you ask her what she wants to eat, you go, do you want Mexican or Italian? Or if you're really smart, you go, I'm taking you on a secret trip to go get what you like to eat. What do you think it is? Whatever she says, go take her there. That's it. You taking me Chinese? How'd you know? Boom. <laughs> Works every time. Works every time. It took me years to figure this out. But I lost that night because I did not have a plan. Okay? I fought for her love and affection, and once I finally kind of got it, I kind of fumbled the ball. Well, here's the reality. We've been married for 21 years. I've been together with this woman for 25 years. We have three kids, and here's the deal. The key is, if you don't listen to anything I say is, Always have a car that shoots fire. Anyway, moving right along. All right. Now you know how I met your mother. Or my, that way to my <laughs> The verse I want to camp in real quick is this. This is 2 Corinthians 6.14. Now, I know when I do talks about relationships, here's what happens in people's brains. Well, I don't have a room on a relationship with anybody. And immediately you start going off to your happy place. You're thinking about going to get Subway, whatever. You're like, this has nothing to do with me. I'm not in a relationship. This has no any type of connection to what I'm doing. Well, I'm not trying to single out the people that are just in relationships. Because the reality is, guess what? Everybody's in a relationship. You're in a relationship with somebody in your life that's your friend. You're in a potential relationship someday when you start dating. You will be in a potential relationship sometime when you get married. We are all in relationships all day long. So if you think just because it's February and we're going to talk about relationships and I'm, you know, single and got nobody and da-da-da-da-da, listen, God's word applies to everything. That's the beauty of what his word is. And this is what he has to say. 2 Corinthians 6.14. It's a guy by the name of Paul. He wrote this to a church. It was a church that was like the Las Vegas of the time. It was a church that they wilded out. They did everything. They were completely overboard with everything. So Paul had to rope them in. And this is what Paul said. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? 
Now let's pause it right there. When I use words like yoked and yoked together and unequally yoked, let's be honest. We all like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never once talked about yoke unless it's about eggs, and that's it. I get it. So let me give you an illustration of what Paul was talking about. Here's a very simple visual. In that time, because that time was a sort of agrarian, you can run the picture. Uh, this, they were a very kind of farming kind of town. You would have two animals. And they would use these two animals to plow the fields. They would use these two animals to get the crops going. They would use these two animals to do literally everything. And they would always strap together two animals because it made them plow faster. Now, if you can look at this right now, you'll see what's going across the top of their head. This thing is called a yoke. It's a bar. And with that bar, it attaches to the two different animals. Now, I use purposely these two different kinds right here to show. I love this kid in the back. He's like, that thing ain't moving. <laughs> but the point what I'm trying to say is this is a perfect example of what Paul was talking about. Paul said, don't be unequally yoked. The reason why this isn't working is because that guy is sitting down. And that guy's standing up. They ain't going nowhere. Nothing's getting plowed. Nothing's going to happen because they're moving at two completely different speeds. One has one thought process, and the other one has a completely different thought process. And because of this, nothing happens. You would think the strong one can drag the weak one along and it still get the job done. It's the opposite. The weak one slows down the strong one. This is why Paul wrote this. Paul said, don't be unequally yoked. What does unbelievers have in common with believers? What does they have, when it talks about fellowship, it just means friendship and it means connection, but a deeper level, okay? These aren't just two little animals hanging out in the field, like, hey, why don't we race the other side of the field? Hey, why don't we pick on this little kid who keeps making fun of us? Hey, let's just do something. No, they are connected. They are connected and they can't get disconnected. This is the kind of relationship that God wants to bring us to. In, 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 in boyfriend-girlfriend, in marital, but also friendships. Now, I'm going to talk about what this doesn't mean in a second here, but I want to show you an example of someone that you should not be unequally yoked with, okay? This person I'm going to show you, you guys ever heard of eHarmony, little online site? Okay, eHarmony is a website that you can put up your video, and essentially you talk about yourself, and the hopes is that people see that video, and they're like, oh, I like that. I'm going to go ahead and say, what's up? You know what I mean? So you put up these videos. This is a very early eHarmony video. It's one of the very first ones. And to be honest with you, this is one of the first videos to ever go viral. Okay? So pay close attention. This is a great example of what it means to be unequally yoked. Here we go. I'm just going to start talking about what I like, and I'm just going to... Start talking about what I like and hope I get some replies. Um, so I am a recent um, MBA grad from Villanova. Um, I love cats. Um, I just... Sorry, I'm getting emotional. I love cats. Um, I love every kind of cat. Sorry, I just I really love cats, and I just want to hug all of them, but I can't because that's crazy. I can't hug every cat, <laughs> but I just want to. I want to. I want to. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I get anytime I hear cat, I just 
I love cats. Um, ooh, promised myself I wouldn't cry. Um, so anyway, I am a cat lover, um, and I love to run. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about cats again. <laughs> I just, I think about how many don't have a home and how I should have them and how cute they are and their ears and the whiskers and the nose. I just love them and I want them and I want them in a basket and I want little bow ties. <laughs> I want them to be on a rainbow and just in my bed and I just want a house full of them and I just want us to roll around. <laughs> I can't. I, just, I can't. I'm just gonna... Don't, don't applaud for that, please. This is a life example. That is way too much passion for cats. This is the literal embodiment of crazy cat lady. <laughs> How many of you guys got to go to the winter retreat? Awesome. I got to go to the winter retreat also with you guys. And uh, I got to really get to know my man Tyler. Because we were the only two guys there. So anyway, I got to know my man Tyler. We were the only two grown-ups. I'm sorry, grown-up men. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I like to get to know people. I like to connect with them. I like to uh, see what they're into. And I noticed, you know, like Tyler's like good. He's in good shape, right? So I said to him, I said, hey, you know, what do you do in the morning? Do you work out? Do you get up early? He's like, yeah, I usually get up early and I run. I said, awesome. I've just gotten back into running. He said, okay, cool. I said, do you want to get up tomorrow before all these kids get up? Do you want to go for a run? He's like, sure, absolutely. So in my head, I'm like, all right. This will be a good person. I will get up early. We'll make it happen. And that's exactly what we did. 6.30 in the morning, we get out there. I'm looking at Tyler. I'm like, I'm going to kill this young guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's in my, in my head. And that's actually not what I thought. I'm like, he's going to destroy me. And um, we line up, and we had already decided to run a two-mile run, which really wasn't that far. So we take off running, just total guys, not even talking, just <clears throat> grunting, running, running through the swamp, trying to dodge the gators, whatever. I get about half a mile into the run, and I, I kind of casually ask him, like, hey, what's your, what's your normal pace for running? And he's like, oh, I usually do, like, about a seven-minute mile. I'm like, wait a minute. I do an eight-minute mile, okay? Now, if you're a runner, you would understand that's a big difference over two miles. So as I'm starting to run, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to tell him that I run an eight-minute mile, and he runs a seven-minute mile. So I've realized for the first half of the mile, I've actually slowed him down. He was such a gracious guy that he was running at my pace for the first mile. But about a mile into it, I'm starting to realize, like, this guy's not having it. Like, he's going to go all out. So we get there. We're dodging cars coming. It's early in the morning. I'm now starting to feel the effects of trying to keep up with somebody whose pace is faster than mine. But my male pride is not allowing me to concede defeat. Now, Tyler is, I'm thinking, about 20 years younger than me. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going down in a blaze of glory. Plus, I don't know how to get back to the camp. So I have to follow him the whole way. So we're now about a mile and a half, and he starts to put on the gas. And then I came to find out later, the guy played, like, college baseball. Like, and I'm just, like, a guy who once did a pole vault one time. And, like, that's it. So we're at two totally different levels, right? And he's just huffing along, and now he's about a good couple feet in front of me, and I'm realizing that I'm going to have to either step up my game 
or I'm going to get left in the dust. And so we run, and we make it all the way back there. And sure enough, once we're in the, like, the final victory, we see like the final line. What do two guys do? Sprint the whole rest of the way, right? And so... <laughs> We run the whole way, and we get there, and I'm like, you know, I like, you know, did the little bro pound. I'm like, good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I look down, and I realize I had ran almost uh, 45 seconds faster than I normally would have ran. His pace caused me to step up my game, right? But I am devastated. I am exhausted. Now, here's the deal. I've been running almost 50 miles almost every couple weeks. So I've been putting in a lot of work. I've been putting in a lot of runtime. But I'm like, this dude is an animal. He is like a superhero. And I'm thinking like, man, I've been killing myself to get to this level. This guy is just like, you know, chilling. Like he smokes me on the, on the final end. And I look at him later. I'm like, hey, like, how much do you run every day? He's like, oh, I haven't ran him in like three weeks. <laughs> so of course he's in great like, shape. He's not tired. He's not exhausted. The point was this. We were unequally yoked. We were trying to run something out together, and I slowed him down. I slowed him down because my pace was not his pace. Okay? But he also caused me to step up my game at the same time. But we were running two completely different paces. This is why God's word is so important about being on the same page. This is the next part of that verse that I was reading. This is what Paul has to say. Verse 15 to 16. What harmony... Is there between Christ and Belial? Belial is another name for, uh, for Satan, for the devil. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will live with them, I will walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. So Paul says, first of all, don't be unequally yoked. But then he goes on to say, here's the reason why. He's like, what do you actually have in common with these people that are completely, completely of a different belief understanding of who Jesus is? What do you actually have in common? Now, before I tell you what this verse is all about, let me tell you what this verse is not about. Because some people will hear me read that and go, well, I guess I just shouldn't be friends with anybody. I shouldn't be friends with anybody that's exactly like me. I can only be friends with people that believe the exact same way I believe. That's not what Paul's talking about. I'll tell you what, you should have deep friendships with people that are lost. You should be really there and connected to people that don't know who Jesus is. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul is not saying just because you're of two different belief systems or two different understandings that you have nothing in common. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, going back to those two animals, he's saying, are you being yoked up together? Are you being connected on that deeper level? Now, these are broad broad terms. But I'll be honest with you, I've been married to my wife for 21 years. There's nobody on this earth that knows me better than her, that I know better. The Bible actually has a word. It says this. It says, no God. It is the exact same word in the Bible that it says when a man knows a woman. And that doesn't mean her favorite Starbucks drink. When he says no, and it'll say like, Abraham knew Sarah. That's not just about sex. That's not just about the actual act of sex. What that actually means is to know each other intimately, to be connected with them, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. That is what it means to be yoked up together, that level of connection. God says, you are to know that person you marry as intimately as you know your creator. It's the same word. So why do I say this? Because the reality is, as you're at this age, you're starting to try to figure out what does it mean to be with that person. Now, that can be relationships, 
but that can be friendships too. That can literally be anything. And I'll give you a great example of what I'm talking about. Would you mind helping me out? Mr. Josh Comer, would you help me out? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. This is an example of where some of us are at right now. Okay? Some of us are babies in Christ. You've just gotten to know who Jesus is. Okay? Your relationship with God is just starting out. Okay? This is kind of where you're at right now in your relationship with God. You're just kind of tooting along. You're trying to do the best you can. It's not exactly moving fast now, is it? This is my four-year-old Strider bike. <laughs> you're trying to do your best to make it through, but it's, it's hard when you're a baby. Look, you see? You already fell down. You're like, man, I'm just trying to walk it out for Jesus, and I just keep stumbling. That's okay. That's the way it is sometimes. No, let, me see it for, let me see it real quick. This strider is not meant for an adult. You were not meant to stay just a baby in Jesus. Now, sometimes we move on, we get a little bit stronger, and we get a little bit bigger, and we try rocking it. Now, this bike is called a fat boy bike. I don't know if you've ever seen these bikes. They're actually meant to be ridden. They're meant to be ridden. <laughs> They're not meant to be ridden like a clown car pop out. They're meant to be actually, yeah, there you go. Yes! Impressive. Impressive, sir. Now, this is a, it's called a fat boy bicycle. I bought this for my 12-year-old son. He loves it. He rocks it. It looks ridiculous going down the street. You see my 12-year-old seventh grader on this thing. But it actually is meant to be ridden and to do tricks on it. And it looks fresh and it looks cool, but it looks kind of ridiculous. But sometimes we grow a little bit in Christ. We get a little bit stronger and God begins working in our life. But if you look really closely, there's something wrong with this bike. You'll see it in a minute. Now, some of us, though, Come on down here, sir. Some of us, we think we're grown up. We think we're rocking it. We think we, <laughs> we think we are killing the game because we are so grown up. We're involved with every possible church thing, and we've got a great outward appearance of what it means to be functionally moving forward in Jesus. But the reality, <laughs> I like how you color-coordinated your helmet. Of course. Um, If you look a little closer, you're going to see something. First of all, tires are flat. Second of all, can you spin that back tire for me real quick? Just spin it. Tire's completely off. If we were in a race right now between the Strider bike and this bike, my four-year-old is going to beat you because there's something broken with the bike. Now, at first glance, you're like, bike's okay. Bike's doing good. Bike looks fine. Bike is appropriate for where it should be, for the size of who you are. Here's the deal. Each one of us is in some stage of this right now in our walk with Jesus. Each one of us is trying to walk this thing out in Jesus, right? But some of us are broken still. Some of us still have baggage, hurts. There's been abuse. Some of you are carrying some really hurtful things. And on the outside, you look like you got it going on. But the minute you start to try and walk it out in Jesus, the minute you try to get in connection with other people, all those brokenness starts to become more evident, doesn't it? Some of us, we just brand new to this Jesus thing. You're just doing the best you can. You know what? Keep rocking. We're going to get you a bigger bike. We're going to help you grow. We're going to help you know Jesus more deeply and more intimately. But this is just where we're at. Josh, would you do me a huge favor? Would you mind 
strapping these two together, the Strider bike and the big bike. And just, yeah, thank you very much. I want you to tie them side by side. When you get into relationships with people, it's not just sex. It's not just my boo. God says you're yoked together. God says her baggage is your baggage. Your baggage is her baggage. See, I thought I was just going to be all perfect when I got married and everything was going to be fine and I would have all things put together. No, the reality is I brought all my mess-ups and all my bad attitudes and all my character flaws like a big gigantic baggage and she brought all hers and all of a sudden we dumped it all on the floor and we had to figure it out because we're yoked together. Death do us part. Now, I wouldn't even attempt to try and ride these two bikes together at the same time. But yet, how many of us are trying to walk our relationships out just like this? And you're wondering why you break up to make up. You're wondering why it doesn't work. This is not just about dating. This could be a friendship you have. This is not just about dating. This could be just some connection you have. God wants us to be yoked to him on that deeper level. And then he wants us to be yoked to each other, moving at the same pace. Sometimes we get with somebody a little bit stronger than us, and they make us step up our game. Sometimes we slow the other person down. But I'll tell you what, this bike ain't going nowhere until you fix the problems in the first place. You want to jump into a relationship? That's awesome. Listen, I'm not up here like, you need to do this. I made a lot of dumb mistakes. And to be fully transparent, I took my wife or now wife, at the time she wasn't. I took her to that, to that ministering thing first. Do you know why? Because my previous Christian girlfriend, who I've been dating for a long time, wanted nothing to do with what I was doing. And I was through playing around. I broke up with her because we, it's not like we had a problem with Jesus. We were both walking with Jesus. It's just we were going two completely different directions. We were running at two completely different paces. She thought the music that I was doing was dumb. She thought, I'm not going to the hood with you. I said, okay, then I think we need to separate. Okay? I share this illustration to make you understand that every one of us is at different places. And you know what God wants you to do? He wants you to yoke up with somebody that's moving at the same speed or maybe even a little bit stronger than you so you can help each other grow. And as you and each other grow, you spur each other on. And I tell you what, before you know it, you're flying down the road. I made it 21 years, not because I'm so awesome, not because she's so awesome. Because we are two broken people serving a God that's very perfect. I just want to end with this verse. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 6, and we're going to jump into our tag groups, verse 17 and 18. This is what God says, because this is where we're at. So they're like, well, okay, now you laid it out. What do I do? This is what he says. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty. God wants to be your father, a dad that takes care of you when your dad did not take care of you. He wants to be the perfect example of what love is in your relationships. He wants to fix the broken parts in you so you can ride properly. He wants you to yoke up together in a way that you both bring glory to God. Yeah, it's funny, but it's not funny when you keep falling, is it? We may laugh at the ones that, you know, when he came up here and he kind of fell over. It's not fun when you keep falling, is it? So let's get rid of some of those things that are slowing us down, get into the right relationship, connect right, 
and go further. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what your word means. Thank you how that word just continues to convict and give us stronger. We love you, God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.